Training Camp 2023, Lincoln Tech, Put Your Potential to Work, presents The Drive. Next week. Yeah, some of the vets, you know, allowed, but we're in camp still, and there's no light even at the end of the tunnel. It's dark. <laughs> How's that not funny? There's no light. Even at the end of the tunnel, it's dark. Broncos wrap up training camp 2023. Talking about those, he's talking about that body, D Mac. Oh my Our god, body's not that. gonna feel good until February, March. Uh, it doesn't even matter that we're breaking camp. Oh my god, that is so funny. Bring camp still, and there's no light even at the end of the tunnel. It's dark, <laughs> <laughs> it's pitch black. Uh, oh my god, that is funny. Good job, guys. Nice hustle right there. That was awesome. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's still dark. How's training camp, coach? Uh, no light at the end of the tunnel. Orlando, how are you, my friend? It's good to see you. I'm doing great, D-Mac. Um, oh, my God. Tune's changed, funny. right? I mean, remember, I'm going to be pretty damn upset if this football team doesn't make it to the playoffs. I tell you what, man. I mean, he, he kept going on today, and I... I threw it out at him. Is that why winning actually matters in preseason? I'll set it up a little bit. He just was going on and on about, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that, blah, 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 and this, that, the other thing, so. Is that why winning actually matters in preseason? It, it does matter. And it's a mindset, and it's, you know, now, you have to be able to get the evaluations done, but it would have been a better feeling last week. <laughs> You know, if, if we had won that game, and I probably would have been a little cheerier in the post-game presser. So I think it matters. A little birdie told me um, after the game, Sean Payton was um, not a happy camper in the uh, uh, immediate aftermath. Yeah. Very testy and uh, riled up. So do you like that? Do you like that attitude? Absolutely. I think moments yeah. like how the Broncos lost uh, to Arizona – on a final drive when they kind of let you in. That divine, defines a football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, you know, shape the mindset of a football team, mm-hmm. but also, you know, it could create doubt on a football team. Can you tell me the preseason record of any Super Bowl champion team ever? Um, I cannot. I cannot either. Yeah, but I'm sure that they were okay. I think it was the form. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I, I think it's more or less the form that was like how you lost the game more than wins and losses. Had Sean Payton had the ball in his hand, trying to go down there to score a touchdown, the drive stalled out. I think that in a situation like that, he probably would have been like, okay, well, you know what, we could kind of change this. But for the longest with the Denver Broncos. They've been in a lot of games, and mm-hmm. they let down. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, here we go again. And the first opportunity Sean Payton got to go out there with the 2023 Denver Broncos, well, here Mark we go Barber again. 
<laughs> like, we've seen this before. <laughs> Didn't score enough points. Couldn't close out on defense. That's been the crazy thing for the Broncos recently because the defense has actually been okay. But look how many problems, even a really good defense that the Broncos have had, look how many issues they've had in closing out games over the recent years, even when their defense is pretty good. Yeah, um, and that's kind of that thorn in the side, right? Something that you can't get over to hump, and this is kind of the identity of this football team, and it shapes young individuals' minds. Training camp today was, uh, well. What was it? It's it it I I do like what they were doing. I okay. do like what they were doing because they actually were spending a significant time game planning for the Niners. Yeah, I believe that as well. So I mean, with the cards and it's you know ones versus twos, not really. It's kind of more of a scout team, offense defense. They took their turns doing that. They were only in uppers, you know, just shoulder pads. So you know, it was this weird again, this weird mixture of like we're gonna go like at the line of scrimmage. It looks like we're going. 60-70%, and maybe we're a little bit more aggressive, you know, in the secondary with what they're doing. And it's just, it was kind of, um, sometimes we're going at it, and sometimes we're not going at it. And they gave the backups who are going to play way more reps at the end of practice. Yeah. So it just ends, you know what? It ends as logically as it started. There is a process, process, I'll speak Canadian too. <laughs> There's a process that uh, Sean Payton is doing that, to me, makes a lot of logical sense. And so I like it. But yeah. it's not like, you know, training camp ended today with some sort of whiz-bang sort of amazing moment for the fans. It ended with, a, for the fans, a bit of a whimper. Yeah, but I, I truly believe that it was all about let's steal a day. We're getting ready to play against San Francisco. This is one of the better front sevens in the league, mm-hmm. but also a really, really good running team, right? They, they're able to run the football on basically anybody that they play against. Uh, they had success in the playoffs when their quarterback could not throw the ball in the run game, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're Sean Payton, you're looking at it, and they have built up that offensive line and defensive line out there in San Francisco, and you want to, you know, grinding out a little bit and grit your teeth and be able to run the football. So for me, I looked at it as stealing a day. Um, when you talk, it's interesting what you're talking about, the tempo and how it looked up front, because I felt that as well. Okay. I felt a lot of guys felt like they were sorry for themselves today. It's like, hey, we got to <laughs> play a football game here in a couple of days. And training camp has been a little bit of a grind. And coach, we've been banging each and every day. It just did not look like guys were flying around and had that extra bit of juice that they normally have. So Sean Payne does want to win, though. Absolutely, he, does he wants to win. Want to win these games? It does actually doesn't count, but it matters. But it's not like just like good play or whatever matters. Like winning the game to him, it really does matter. I think he really, really, legitimately was ticked off that they lost that game. You could hear it with VJ. Uh, yesterday, like, oh, we can't do that again. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, okay. And, his, and company got chewed out you think? after the game. I, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Right? I, I mean, agree. he talks about, you know, he would have been a little bit more cheery at the post game. All these different things. Winning Matt 100% matters to Sean Payton, whether it's preseason one, preseason three, week one, week 17, and damn sure in the playoffs as well. Yeah, here's the tone from VJ, and this sounds like a guy who, you know, it wasn't great that they lost. It's just more education for our players to understand where we were, you know, with nine seconds, where the ball was, you know, so, you know, playing the call better and me coaching better, quite frankly. You know, so we'll do it better next time, and that can't happen. I, he's talking about a bunch of guys who probably aren't going to make the team. But he might be talking about a bunch of guys that have already went through the situation. 
I think uh, that's right. what causes a little bit more frustration. What we've heard from, about, from a ton of guys since Sean Payton's got here, D-Mac, that he calls up practice and holds court and to spends time to talk about these different situations. And he talks about having, I think, what do you say, like 48 or 49 of them or whatever, these specific end-of-the-game situations. Yeah. And they had opportunity the other night, and they okay. kind of let one down the leg. Uh, our analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. I totally agree with you. But I'm just laughing to myself because I'm seeing this text. Don't get what's so hard for DMAC to understand. Winning creates a mindset, and winning and losing creates a losing mindset. Winners don't like losing anything, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, and uh, P- why do you think Pete Carroll has competitions of practice? I love competitions of practice. I love the team periods uh, that we're going to see with the Rams coming up. Those joint practices, to me, I think are incredibly invaluable. You know, when the starters are getting those reps. When the guys who are going to be on the team are getting those reps. By the time you get to the midway through the fourth quarter of preseason games, though, who are we talking about out there? Maybe a kicker situation. Like, you want to see your kicker sort of make a a kick. But I I know it it goes against sort of everything except logic. You can't be – you're really upset about the end of a game? But there well, might be, none of these guys are going to be on the team? But there might be five or six guys that out there in that situation that you expect better from them, D-Mac, and you're uh, okay. rooting for them. These coaches are creating relationships with some of these guys, and you might have a bubble player, and you're like saying, hey, you know what? This could you. This was a wasted opportunity. This is how you could have opened up the eyes of the coaching staff. This is how you could have made this team. This is how you could have, you know, been in that one percent as, as far as what you're going to make this year. And you just didn't get it done. Were you paying attention in meetings? Were you listening when we're on the field? I, I think that this coaching staff is demanding that these guys are always paying attention. They're always dialed okay, in. Okay, all right. Maybe, and a lot of people me, ruined the opportunity. Let the other me day. back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. Okay, I'm backing up. Beep, beep, beep. Can you gain something as a starter, a primary player on the team? Is there something to gain and pick up on just by watching other guys finish a game? Is there something collectively you can grow from? Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's an element, even though those guys aren't going to be on the team or perhaps practice squad, is there something for the starters to know? Look at how these guys finished. If these guys can do it, and they did do it, it you know it's on you to figure that out too. Well, is that is, um, is that where I'm going a little if, deeper? If, here? if they get it done yeah. as a starter, you damn well better get it done because you're the guy, right? You're the guy that's going to be in those situations. You're the guy that's making a a whole lot more more money. So if they're able to get it done in a situation like at the end of the game as a starter. I mean, the pressure is definitely more on you. And, yeah, you know, those guys versus you are, is completely different where some of those guys are on the field are not going to play football yeah, those, anymore. those guys, I can see where that, all right, I'm, I'm reversing course just here a little bit, talking through it. I can see where if you're watching film and they say, look how we finished. Look, mm-hmm. and those guys aren't even going to, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to be on the team or not, but everybody knows they're not going to be on the team. But look what they did. If they can do it, what do you owe this team as somebody who gets paid more, starting, all that sort of stuff? I think whereas, whereas if they lose it, yeah. do the starters just sit on the bench and be like, well, yeah, you know, okay, okay, whatever. Like there's nothing gained from, there's no motivation gained from the starters watching the guys that aren't even going to be on the team blow the game. Well, you're rooting for them. 
you're you're always rooting for them. And if you're a starter, I'll tell you this, D Mac. If I'm a, on the Broncos right now, and I was in that situation, I'm watching the defense of the young guys, and say it's a situation that Sean Payton and Vance Joseph has went over in practice. And I think that that's where they get frustrated because. Last week before Arizona on Wednesday, what did we see them do at the end of practice? It was Ben DiNucci running a two-minute drill, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Where at the end of the game, go score a touchdown because you're thinking that he's going to get that opportunity in the game. So who's to say that John Payton didn't you know, script up his situation for the defense now where the opposing team, hey, you got a couple timeouts. We cannot let them go down the field in this situation. We cannot give up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Where there now becomes that, that real frustration because you've went over the situation. And maybe there might have been a missed assignments. Guys not hitting their gap. Guys not guys with loafs just not going balls to the wall out there where now it causes a coaching staff to get frustrated because these guys are supposed to be doing everything right in order to get an opportunity to All make right. the team. Hey, man, cool. If it's important, if they say it matters, you say it matters. KJ says it matters. Drew, I don't know if Drew really cares. Uh, who knows? Maybe he does, maybe he does. Sure, I'll go with you. Th- to me, what matters more than anything is how efficient are the first team guys who are going to play, how are they operating in the first half with the snaps they have, how's that going? And it wasn't going. In week one? In the no, preseason in, in preseason in general. Preseason yeah, it, in general. It better be better this week against San Francisco than it was against Arizona. But it is, it's been interesting for me for the past few days, from what I've heard behind the scenes and what's just been admitted. I mean, they really took that loss kind of hard. I mean, that that has been a thing in the building. Um, and I'm gonna guess fans will probably appreciate hearing that. Because for fans, you know, you always want to win. No matter what, you want to mm-hmm. win if you're a fan. And I was watching boring Hard Knocks, and Hard Knocks has become boring. And, <laughs> too much uh, cliches for you? Oh, my Lord. It's just the Aaron Rodgers show is mm-hmm. too much. And as Robert Sala's walking off the field after his team whooped up on the Panthers in their preseason game, there was some sort of satisfied grin as he's going off the field. I mean, you just can't help the, the, the instincts. But, again, I don't think – I don't know if there's any correlation to the final result in preseason – in terms of how you're going to, you know, play the rest of the year. The only thing I think that really stood out to me last year, remember how disorganized and pitiful the Broncos were against the Bills in the second preseason game. Yes. That stands out when it's just a – you should not be getting boat raced in a preseason game. If the game gets away from you in the fourth quarter – that's you know yeah, so be it because whatever. your starters are not out there. But when yeah. you're playing your guys, and these are going to be a large core of these guys are a part of the core to go out there and win football games. Yeah, it gets you a little frustrated. Yeah, the, the, and the Raiders and Niners final score looks like oh wow, but if you really watch that game, it was actually pretty close. And then you know it was late in the game, and things sort of you know got away. That Buffalo game was so disturbing because they were getting boat raced in the first quarter. <laughs> the first quarter, it was ones on ones, and it wasn't just losing. Oh, it was. It, I, I think the Bills had a. Remember when the the Bills only punted once? Yeah, and they did I, it in the fourth quarter when it was like fourth and one at midfield, and they were up a million points. They not a lot of third downs in that game as well. It's just first down, second dude, down, first down. We got a pity punt. <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got <laughs> we got pity punted. <laughs> You guys, do you remember uh, getting pity punted? Uh, pity punted. You got pity punted one time. 
one time in my career for the Denver Broncos yep. got remember pity it? punted. Yep. Sort of no. pity punted. I don't You don't remember, remember Tom Brady kicking a punt against you guys? Oh, was that the playoff game? Yeah. yeah. The Tim Tebow mania? Yeah. 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 yeah I remember <laughs> Tim that. Tim Tebow mania. Yeah, I remember no, that. No, everybody remembers the Pittsburgh game. Dude, Every- you're just... You just like bringing up bad times, dude. You just want people to sit here and remember, oh, don't, don't feel good about yourself, guys out there. D-Max on, on the air. Somebody was Are at, you kidding me right somebody, now? Somebody was asking me, oh, what was it like being uh, at the uh, Pittsburgh game? I go, wow, this is amazing. It was one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been at, period. It's awesome. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> then I go, you, you remember what happened the next week? And they go, no, what happened? <laughs> and I just started laughing. Oh, man. But, um... But, yes, if you don't remember the situation, it was an amazing game against Pittsburgh, obviously. Well, you had to play the next week against uh, the Patriots. And, and I mean, it was this close to Brady Quinn actually starting that game against Pittsburgh, wasn't it? If Tim, Tim we found no, out later. No, it wasn't starting. It was that Brady Quinn oh, was going right. to roll third, on third, third downs. Down. Like, third down. Right, hey, on right, third down, right, right. Tebow's going to jog off the field and Brady <laughs> Quinn's going to come in. And uh, Brady's going to, you know, we're going to throw the ball and right. do it that way. Oh, man. That I, must have been unbelievable preparing for that. Yeah. Did you guys a actually, completely different offense. Did you guys actually practice that uh, that week? Like Tim jogs off, Brady jogs on? No, it was just when we went to third down periods, it was all Brady Quinn. Oh, wow. Was out there. We were, that's what we were practicing. On all third downs, it was Brady. Yeah. But I will tell you this. What you talk trip. about that New England What game. a trip. Do, do you remember what happened the next week? The only thing I remember about the New England Patriots game is we would jog off the field, and we would hold court in front of the heater. Yeah, that was because it was of raining, how cold right? it yeah, was, it was cold out raining. there. But then you look over across the other sideline, uh-huh. and you see Rob Nikovich, and you see uh, Vince Wolford just sprawled out on theirs like it's hot, like the like the sun's out. While we're like huddled up in front of this heater, and Mags is our offensive line coach, Dave Magazine, was showing us like the pictures. Oh, that's and we're so all over there, like come get close, get, get as close as possible. Right now, but yet these guys were just used to it. That the was situation the was like my life. It was like third and fifty. I don't know. It was third and something, and Brady just punted. Yeah, backed up a little bit and just just literally punted the ball. He punted. It was pathetic. And Vaughn, I can see why Vaughn was upset because that's pathetic, you know. And and Vaughn started a fight, and um, and there you go. It was it was just like, oh my god, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, what are we doing here? So you're telling me what Brady got over the next couple of years from Von Miller and that defense was warranted after the pity punch. Dude, <laughs> any, there was a time, man. You want to talk about great rivalries. Are you kidding me? Broncos, Patriots, come on. Unlike any other thing that I've ever experienced in my life, but Dude. Miami versus FSU. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, Yeah, it was you just, just live on. at the facility that week. Oh, yeah. we play New England? Okay. I'm just going to pull up a cut. You know, I'm, I'm just going to hang out here and be at the facility all day. I mean, it was every every year in regular season. And then a, a couple huge playoff moments as well. And the Patriots come back to town um, the day before Christmas. Oh, um, you, you see that news? They're trying to, Broncos are trying to do a little something-something. Oh, what? What's they're that? They're wearing their alternative white helmets oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. game. Is that right? Yep. So first is New England this year and uh, the Jets. Okay. Well, We'll see if that's ice, ice, baby. You think that game gets flexed? No. The if, Jets? No, absolutely it's first, not. It's too, it's it's the too first early. El- no, it's not. It's the first eligible week a game can be flexed. It is the first eligible week, but 
I thought we put this to bed already because who was playing? Who's playing that night, KJ? You can look that up again. I think the Jets may have like a Thursday night. Cowboys 49ers. Oh, oh right. Night. Okay. And they, the Cowboys have been knocked out the playoffs, being a double-digit team win the last think... two years by San Francisco. San Francisco uh, Cowboys, you know, pointing fingers. Hey, you're the scapegoat, McCarthy says to uh, the OC that's now in with the Chargers, Kellen Moore. Mm. Uh, I think I think that game's staying put. Week five. Okay, so you don't think the uh, Sean Payton. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, hey, th- all that stuff. Hey, is gonna three have and that one, juice. three and one, both teams. Yeah, can the Broncos get to three and one? Well, but they they'd have to make the decision at least two weeks in advance. Oh, after playing two games, three games. If it's two weeks in, okay, so yeah. after Sweet the five. Dolphins yeah. game, yep. Can the ball, Broncos be three and zero? Oh? Because <laughs> that's the only way that's happening. It's uh, not getting flexed. They, they could be three and zero, oh. dude. It's not getting flexed. Cowboys, Forty ers 49ers have knocked out the Cowboys out of the playoffs the last two years. All right, we'll talk about more of the, um, the there's no light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> it's just dark. I mean, I just I just started laughing when because he Because the tunnel that. right now was so far away. It's so long, D-Mac. Oh, my this God. This thing you're there's talking no about. no light even <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. It's dark. <laughs> you're talking about weeks upon weeks, man. We, we got, what, three weeks till the season starts? Then 17 weeks plus one. That's 21 weeks. Okay. And ana- this team is supposed to be a playoff team, according to Sean Payton. The analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. You want to hear something wild. How about Dan Orlovsky? Okay, number four. This one's going to be a little controversial. This is a list about sneaky teams to be Super Bowl contenders. Sneaky teams to be Super Bowl contenders. Okay, number four. This one's going to be a little controversial because of the quarterback, but the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, are you going to be the Russell Wilson that we saw for most of your career with the Seattle Seahawks, but talented with Dolchik at tight end, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, K.J. Hamler at wide receiver. They got a ton of young players on the defensive side of football. If Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to his level, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. (laughs) Wow! Well, KJ, it, KJ's coming back, huh? KJ Hamler, huh? What, what week we getting him back? I don't, I don't know. He knows something we don't. Mm, he's got that magical crystal ball. KJ Hamler, uh, what? <laughs> What's he talking Remember about? They left the door open for him to come back, right? Yeah. Well, they did so bring. I guess the, he's hey, coming back. They did bring Brand. They said that about Brandon Johnson, and they did bring Brandon Johnson back last year. That actually did happen last year. But. Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on in that wide receiver room. Well, there you go. Coming up, there was a special guest at training camp today, and she knew how to make the right entrance. Plus, I've got somebody that I think is um, the guy I'm rooting for the most this year. Somebody I'm rooting for the most. And uh, I'll tell you why and who coming up next. What you pushing around right now? 79 lakh? What, what, what you driving? It's a 79 Ford Pinto. Pinto. Okay, uh, baby. Don't I'll see you. Yeah, <laughs> the, the don't beat. hit me. I got no insurance. <laughs> You're not going to get no dollars from me. That's how I roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's here. I, I dig the song. I just flat out like it. 
It's got a good melody, good beat. Don't you think? Yo, it is so smooth, man. I Don't, love it. I agree. It's like one of some old school, like 80s, like I late said, 80s, I early 90s I said it sounded a lot like, like Janet Jackson sort of uh, sort of thing. Like yeah. after, Janet had a lot of like slamming, like, you know, er songs like that. But then yeah. after that, like after, it was just like this. Nice. Janet Jackson yeah, had some sexy tunes, man, back in the day. Of course. Sierra, man. Still a part of my, uh, still a part of my playlist. All right, man. That's how we roll. I don't know, man. You can stick this in the rotation. I'd be fine, more than fine with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely getting in there for sure. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, special guest today was well, not Sierra, although she's always special whenever she shows up. Just ask Nathaniel Hackett slightly creepily. Kay Adams, um, who was on Good Morning Football and NFL Network and now has her own show up in Adams. She rolls in with like six other dudes and a big production crew. Convoy. She's a celebrity. Yes, Kay she Adams is. is, and you know, she is Rachel V. Hill's hero. Mm. Like, Rachel was a little like. Yeah, I heard Rachel make a comment. She was like, yep, it's confirmed. She's wearing heels. She's not <laughs> taller than me. I was like, okay, Rachel, I see you. It Way makes to pay sense. attention to the details. That's a great comp. That's a great comp. I, I, I like it. So, I just got <laughs> rolling. I'm all sweaty. I'm off my bike. I go to the media room and I sit down. I'm, I'm sitting right next to Kay Adams. <laughs> mm. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you weren't wearing that button-up shirt at practice no, either. No, no, I, I showered. You were wearing was like 15 years old. Uh, it had a hole or two it, in it. It, it was uh, in, in it for a minute, no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she's in there, but I, can I tell you something? That, so she gets Sean Payne. You know what she did with Sean Payne? Mm, exclusive. She gave him a Gilligan hat to wear. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did he wear it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure did. He put on that Gilligan hat for Kay Adams. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, not playing those fun and games with the yeah. little old D-Mac in Orlando here, but uh, for Kay Adams? Yeah, you saw the team was off the field a lot. People, a lot of people were in the facility <laughs> when he threw that Gilligan hat on. Huh? Yeah, that actually is true. Also, you know what she did, which was crazy and super smart? She brought donuts. Orlando, she had like 12 boxes of donuts. Boom! Absolutely love it. 12. She had so many donuts. She left two boxes. I wonder how many she ate. Well, I don't think she ate a damn zero. Zero. I don't know if she even sniffed one. But but. you can't not like a person when they bring donuts. She brought donuts for everybody, including the muggles. Hmm. She left donuts for the muggles. So I just want to... Yeah, watch me big time you. I'm going to come in town, you know, with my convoy of people, get this exclusive with Sean Payton, and and you can't do nothing or say nothing about it. So here's some donuts. Go sit over there and relax. I thought it was one of the smartest things I'd ever seen in my absolutely. life. Absolutely. It was absolutely brilliant. So Number one in my heart now. Way to go, Kay Adams. That was cool to see where, you and your Where crew. are the donuts? Because I did not get one. She came in a little bit later. I told you. Like, yeah. I, got, I got there a little bit later today. When and I it did, was like I did stop at Dunkin' Donuts and got my I brought my own two. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my own two to practice, but I would have I would have got a couple. Is that how you roll? That is definitely how I roll. I'm gonna give you the guy I'm, I think I'm rooting for the most this year. I got one too. Okay. Or right, is it the same guy? Because you know who my guy is. It's, it's not no, s- I don't know who your guy is. Well, let me play no. a little bit uh, of him for you. Uh Randy Gregory talked today. About, um, you remember last year in the joint practices against the uh, Cowboys. <laughs> Randy Gregory wasn't even practicing yet because he was recovering from an injury. Uh, but he wanted to fight everybody on the Cowboys offense. Oh, he was, he was fantastic. Up. 
And Brandy Gregory has had documented struggles with anxiety and some mental health issues, too. And he talked about that, and he addressed that today. I am becoming such a big fan of Randy Gregory. I am. And I know he's had some issues. I get it. But I'm about... I'm about second chances and about doing the right thing. And, and, you know, you can't be judged by your worst moments. So I'm, I'm finding myself rooting for Randy Gregory. Okay? Let me play a little bit of Randy for you. Not to look past the game, but you had a very memorable joint practice last year when you were even playing. Um, what is it about joint practices that get you going? I mean, you know, you get another team out there. It's fun. You know, the drilling gets going. Um, and normally you're out here with your guys, and you get another opponent. Um, almost feels like a game. So, you know, just to get flying a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I'm trying to make promise work. I can't promise anything, but, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be better. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the big things for me, um, you know, if everyone wants to get tied up on the physical. Uh, big thing for me this offseason is getting the mental down, um, being able to fight those little mental battles. You're going to have bad plays, uh, put them behind, and, you know, move on to the next one. So. I just love it, man. The guy is guy is really cool to talk to. You know, his um, he seems like a little haywire sometimes, like on the field. But he's then wild. I, I, but then you talk to him, and he's like the most like calm, cool, collected, you know, sort of you know, cool guy. Obviously, you just want good players. You know, in any system you have, three, four, four, three, whatever you talking about front wise. You know, you, you want rushers. You know, I mean, Randy is a elite rusher. His best days are ahead of him, hopefully. You know, but he's he's having a solid camp, and he's getting better every single day. He's made some splash plays in the run game. That's been surprising for me, but um, he's what you want. Gregory talked about that, too. He said, well, you look at my body type, and you, you know, I'm, he can't play the run. I mean, he's very tall, but in great shape, but skinny. You know, yeah. it looks like he'd get just blown off the line. Yeah, if you catch him the right way, you're going to take him for a ride for sure. And he wants to get, he says he's working at, he's trying to get, you know, better at that. He wants to be out, you know, three-down sort of player. And I think that's what's hurt him in his career because he understands that, hey, i got to play the run, i got to play the run, i got to right. play this three-down player. So sometimes he gets a little bit wild and out of the framework of his body that, you know, makes him a little bit more susceptible to getting injured. I just found myself today walking away like, hey, man, all right, Randy. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, Randy Gregory. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, D-Mac. I want to see Randy Gregory succeed. I think that that guy could have some real impact plays for the Broncos, but he makes this whole front seven better. Zach Allen right beside him. Mm -hmm. DJ Jones. If Randy Gregory's rolling, DJ Jones is going to get one-on-ones, right? So Zach Allen's going to get opportunities to get a one-on-one with a guard that has to kick out there in space. This football team would be, man, like light years ahead. And then you get Frank Clark and, mm-hmm. and you get Baron Brown and then you get Nick Benito and you get, you know, Jonathan Cooper, all these other guys coming off the other side. And you'll really have some success if Randy Gregory can stay healthy. So can my, my biggest, I think this, I think Sean Payton, you got to really tailor a program for Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go into this season thinking that Randy Gregory is going to go out there and play 85% of the snaps for me. Mm. I'm starting out saying 70. I'm good with 70, Randy. That's all we need. And as the season gets longer and longer, if you feel that you could go a little bit more, Mm -hmm. we'll have that conversation. But we're going into this thing, Mm -hmm. and we're going to keep you right at 70%. And we're going to try to last a little bit longer. So don't worry about beating yourself up and, oh, i got to go make an impact play right now. No, it's about longevity. Those impact plays will come because you have the skill set to go out there and dominate. We've seen it. 
you can play this game violent. It, for whatever reason, your body just hasn't been able to hold up play after play. So I'd go into it with a different mindset. All right, who's your guy? I'm rooting for Randy Gregory in particular. Um, my guy's been the most consistent offensive lineman out there all year so far, and it's going to shock the heck out of you because he makes the least amount of money. Lloyd Cushenberry. Okay. Been the most consistent All right. over Garrett Bowles, over Mike McGlinchey, over mm-hmm. Ben Powers. I think Lloyd Cushenberry has been the most level-headed but sound player out there when I watch him in the middle of the field. And and there's certain things that Lloyd Cushenberry is not just going to be able to do. You cannot ask him to take a 330-pound human being and move him backwards three yards. He just cannot do it. He has proven that. But can you move him laterally? Mm-hmm. Can you stay on to him? Can you stay engaged enough where it's not a holding call? And I think that he can do that in this system and take a lot of off of Russ's plate as well by calling the play and being like the quarterback of that offensive line. Another really good dude, Lloyd Cushenberry. That'd be awesome. Our analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. We'll get back to the Broncos' final day of training camp with football at four. However, other big news today, the NBA has released a schedule. There's a breakdown of it on denversports.com. There's some interesting things they're trying to do to make the NBA better. Jake Shapiro breaks down the Nuggets schedule for us coming up next. What year is this? You know, Drew, Drew, I'm gonna lean on your expertise here. Uh, what what year is this song? I'm gonna go 1991. Yeah, it feels like. I was gonna say 93. Yeah, it feels like something like that here in college. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Jay. Slam now. Let me skip Elvis. <laughs> Come on, get Elvis songs. Suspicious Minds, I'd be... Oh. Mm. Jay Shapiro from DenverSports.com. We take a slight pause and breaking down training camp 2023 presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work today at DenverSports.com. Our guy, Jay Shapiro who's on the beat with the Nuggets, they released the schedule. Uh, Orlando and I are looking at it. Okay, Jake, give us some of the highlights. Yeah, I wrote a story on denversports.com, which you can check out. There's five games that I really scheduled or circled my schedule of games I'm looking for. Number one, obviously Lakers and Nuggets opening night, the feud that's been happening this summer, the Western Conference Finals, the sweep. This is going to be a really fun opening night on top of the fact that it's the ring night, it's championship night, it's banner night, and we'll see how the Lakers match up with the Nuggets. They've spent a large part of their offseason trying to figure out ways to stop Nikola Jokic. Then we've got some stuff that we skip ahead in the schedule to. The MVP matchup potential, 76ers at Nuggets. Will Joel Embiid duck the Denver Nuggets this year in Denver? (laughs) Hasn't played against the Denver Nuggets in Denver since 2019, guys. And this year, the NBA did a great job. Neither team is coming in or out of a back-to-back. It's a weak part of the schedule for both teams. So we should see Embiid versus Jokic. Uh, I've got some other ones here, but 
those are the two games I'm personally most excited for. Jake, talk to me about Christmas Day. Golden State Warriors, are the Nuggets getting their finally getting their due that they deserve on a national level playing at 12.30 Mountain Time? So this is 2.30 on the East Coast. Yeah, DMAC and I were there last year, and, and either one of us will tell you, including the finals, that was one of the most late games of the year. The people were just, it, it was the end of the day. People had been drinking. It was Christmas. <laughs> so it was actually a lot of fun that that game was very late yes. in the day. Yes. This year, yeah, you're totally right, Oh, This is prime time. People are going to be around their TVs enjoying the holiday against the Golden State Warriors, who have 41 of their 82 games on national TV. Wow. That's pretty crazy. The Nuggets have 30. They have the fifth most, which, again, goes to O's point, some of the most respect. The Nuggets have actually the easiest strength of schedule this year, Mm. as well as the fewest instances of three games and four nights. So, O, I think you've got it. The Nuggets are getting a lot of respect from the league. Okay. Uh, Victor Wimbayama, when do we see him? This is actually really fun, D-Mac. So, the Nuggets are going to play the Spurs for the first time um, in November. It's November 26th in Denver. So we'll be able to see this French freak athlete. But the return trip to San Antonio, it's actually in Austin. The Nuggets are going to play a game in front of uh, UT Moody, or the University of Texas Austin's Moody Center. Wow. Where the Texas basketball team plays. And they'll be playing the Spurs in Austin, which is a really cool little trip. I totally agree. I've never been to Austin. That'd be a fun excuse to get there. Mm. That's uh, That sounds great. Hey, it does seem to me the NBA is staying away from... Uh, you know, uh, four games in five days, and they're they're you know the back to backs aren't quite what they were. And this, Jake, it does seem like the league is recognizing load management is is a real deal, and we can't have it. Yeah, and you know what's funny about this that the Clippers, the team that's been the load management team of the decade, uh, they have the hardest strength of schedule, the most back to backs and the most three games in four nights this year. And they have said going into the season that the Clippers, they were going to take this regular season a lot more seriously. But you're totally right. The, the league has done also a better job of not only cutting out back-to-back and teams that have rest advantages, so one team coming into a back-to-back, one team not playing on a back-to-back. They've done a good job of distributing it evenly. So each team has only about seven to ten games this year where one team has a rest advantage. So the NBA has done a really good job of manning, managing their schedule. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this. This might be the best back-to-back of the year, and it involves the Nuggets. The Milwaukee Bucks on February 12th are going to host the Nuggets. The next night, February 13th in Milwaukee, the Bucks will host the Miami Heat. Jake, um, the first 11 games, Nuggets have seven home games, including two in-season tournament group play games against Dallas November 3rd and the Clippers, November 17th. Could you just elaborate a little bit more and tell our listeners about this, you know, in-season tournament group play situation? Yeah, I've written a little bit about this on denversports.com if you want more details. And this is also something to note, oh, oh, that's the only time the Clippers are coming to Denver this year. So if you want to see the Clippers play, that's your chance for whatever odd scheduling quirk. The Lakers are actually only coming to Denver once this year as well and that's that uh, opening night game. But, yeah, the the in-season tournament is going to play out like a soccer-style tournament where it's groups of a couple teams. The Nuggets will play four games in a group of five, and the two top teams 
are going to advance to the quarterfinals, then the semifinals, which will be in Vegas, and the finals will be in Vegas. All the games in this tournament, except for the finals, will count as regular season games. Mm. So you might say, well, how does that work with the quarterfinals and the semifinals? Well, technically, the whole Nuggets schedule has not come out yet. We only know 80 of the 82 games. If they actually advance in this tournament, it'll be part of the tournament. If they don't advance in the tournament, the NBA will schedule them two games against teams that didn't end up making it in the tournament. So it'll be a little bit confusing, but it's going to give us some interesting basketball in November and December. Uh, What is interesting about this is normally when you have these in-season tournaments, soccer style, you'll have like the Rapids playing the switchbacks or the Hailstorm who aren't in MLS. They're playing different teams that they normally don't play. Well, the Nuggets are playing a bunch of teams they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot with because they're all Western Conference opponents. Jake, uh, now it's time to go game by game through the entire schedule and pick wins or losses. <laughs> Let's no, I'm t- I'm totally teasing. Thank you, Jake. Um, we appreciate it. great article, great info on the Nuggets schedule, nice insights, all available for you at DenverSports.com. Our own Jake Shapiro, football at four. We'll give you today's Russ report, and we'll hear from Sean Payton about Jaleel McLaughlin and why is there no light at the end of the tunnel? The heck is going on out there? It was beautiful. Football at four is next.